So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Congratulations to the following brokers. Ameriteam Realty, Dunes Properties, Impact Real Estate, Long and Foster. Yeah, that's a big one. 11,000 agents. Plum Tree Realty, Real Estate Professionals, Realty Ohio, Remax Advantage, Remax Essential, and Agent Strong all have taken action and negotiated steep discounts on Rebus University's award-winning courses for all of their agents. If you want unpublished pricing for all of your agents like these brokers have done, go to hybendigital.com backslash teams or simply pick up the phone and text or call Catherine Brower at 843-749-9900. And now for the review of the day. All right. In the Real Estate Rockstars Facebook group, Lynn Browning Pinkles has left a comment. And she says, if you haven't listened to Pat's podcast, get out from under that rock. I personally can't stop listening. If you have a question about how to do something in real estate and or how to make money in this business, start here. I've been an agent since 2000 and I'm still learning something new on this podcast all the time. Thanks, Pat. And keep rocking. Thank you, Lynn Browning Pinkles. Five stars, by the way. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a guest here from Leadership Authority. D. I have, this is the first time I've had somebody here that is going to help you, the Rockstar Nation, in a way that she is going to help you. So I have a psychotherapist, a therapist, a psychologist. I'm not sure where she lies. She's a doctor. Uh, oh, here it is, licensed psychologist, leadership coach, and an investor, and on top of that, her husband is a busy broker, busy real estate agent. So, so I wanted to get her on the show because, you know, a lot of this show is vitamins, right? A lot of the, you learn on the show, we take it as vitamins, we learn things, we grow just like we would uh, with books and, and, and other podcasts or vitamins for the brain. But a lot of times what we don't have is aspirin for the brain, right? When we get a headache, i.e., when we get stressed out, when we get anxiety, when we get uh, marital problems, when we get in a feeling that uh, of self-doubt, uh, when we get depressed from losing three listing appointments in a row to the same agent. And so I asked Sherry to come on to talk about how we can cope better 
as real estate agents with such a stressful occupation. So without further ado, Sherry, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much, Pat. Love being here. Hey, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? Sure. So I'm a licensed psychologist and um, a leadership coach as well. Um, I've got four little kiddos. I've been an entrepreneur for about um, 10 years. My husband is a associate broker and a realtor as well. Um, so I've worked a lot um, with him and his team and kind of helping him get to the place where he's at. Um, and we've done real estate investing for about 12 years. Um, so that's a little snapshot of my life. That's great. And, you know, we could take this conversation in so many different directions, but I'm, I'm going to just take it, you know, based on some of, of what I know from being a full-time broker uh, for 25 years, being a full-time real estate agent, from what I know from my experience with psychotherapy and, and, and going to a therapist uh, several times myself for various different reasons, which some of which or most of which were probably caused by the stress from selling real estate, admittedly so. And, uh, I, you know, we're going to just dig deep. So first of all, real estate agents that are successful tend to be workaholics. They tend to be control freaks, right? It comes with the territory. It comes with, you know, every potential lead being worth five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, $20,000 and not wanting to lose any and all potentials. Uh, it is a very difficult business to stop and start, and it's very consuming. Um, what advice do you have to your real estate agent clients, or what advice do you have to the Rockstar Nation as to how you can uh, stop and start the business with ease, how you can you know, stop it at five o'clock and pick it up at nine the next morning, how you can stop it while you're on vacation, how you can control back your life without giving anything up? <laughs> well, I think the keypad is that you're going to have to give something up. Mm, you can't nothing great comes without sacrifice. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. Uh, but so let me first start by saying it really depends on where you are in your career. When you're, when you're the, at, the, at the beginning, you have massive, a massive amount of information that you need to learn. You need to take whatever you can get. You're getting the scraps possibly from other, other uh, real estate agents. Um, and the way that your business is structured at the very beginning is going to look probably very different than it looks when you're mid-career to end-career. So understanding that, you really need to make sure that you're having a conversation with the people that are important in your life, namely a significant other and kids, because um, that's usually what it boils down to. Making sure they have a good understanding of what you expect your career to look like what is your typical week going to look like? And most likely what you're going to say is, well, there really isn't a typical week. You know, it could be that we're at a family outing on the afternoon of a Saturday and all of a sudden I get a phone call from a client that I've been showing a commercial property to and now all of a sudden they want to see something and, you know, you're right, it has the potential for a huge payout. So you don't want to just drop that. Um, but if you have had a conversation with your significant other and your kids in advance, Say and let them know this isn't me saying that my client is more important than you. This is me saying that, you know, the goals that I have for my family and the lifestyle that we're moving towards is extremely important and one of our, our values. And therefore, there are going to be times where, you know, these things conflict and I may end up needing to choose 
you know, my work over a family event on occasion, but don't make it a hundred percent of the time. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. And, and so I, I heard one agent explain it and as to why his marriage is successful with, with this sort of thing, because granted, listen, like if you have four little kids, right? There, there are times where if your husband says to you, you, you may lie on this show right now, but, uh, but there may be times when your <laughs> husband says to you, I got to go. And you're like, dude, you know, this is the worst possible time for you to go. So uh, one guy explained it to me that what he does with his wife is he gets us X amount of free passes. And um, yeah. those are the only debits he can take from uh, his bank account. That's it. Like, you know, you know, whether it be like one a month or X amount a year or, or whatever. And once they're used up, they're used up. You are, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you have no excuse. You cannot cross the border. There's a wall. You cannot cross the border uh, because you've used up all your debits. What, what, what do you think about that strategy? You know, really, it boils down to what is going to work for the couple. And clearly, that worked for them. Um, so what my husband and I do, and over the years, I mean, yes, I'm a psychologist. And in theory, I know how to control my emotions extremely well. And I still get angry at times when my husband's like, you know, I got to do this, or he forgets to put things on the schedule or, or whatever. Um, but over the years, we've adjusted. And so what's worked for us is that, you know, if there have been a few nights where he, I feel like he's been gone longer than typical, he knows that he needs to make it up to me. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like he's been taking more money out of the bank account. Well, he needs to put a little extra back. There you go. So it's really just, yep, it's just really that. You better be massaging your feet and, and taking you Seriously. out to dinner and everything, right? Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, it's, dude, it's, it's time for date night. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess some of it that depends on what what your love language is. You can't, you know, if you read the book, the five love languages. Some people's love language is material things, or gifts, right? Um, this is only assuming that your love language is quality time. That you're going to be upset if your love language is gifts. Your wife or, or spouse may be like, "Yeah, go 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 get the gold, right?" And but just bring me back a necklace on the way home. Right. You know, just split it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in my love languages, um, um, acts of service and as well as quality time. So, so when my husband is gone, it really does, it makes a difference to me, um, but he can make it up by doing the dishes. There you go. Acts of service, right? But if he leaves and, yeah. you know, his honey do list, there's 10 things on there and none of them are checked off, but his do to do list for the real estate, for his real estate office or whatever, his inbox is at zero. <laughs> you got a problem because he's checking off the boxes on the wrong to-do list. Right. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been eBooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox 
to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. So, you know, going back to that idea that it's really about the couple or the family making those joint decisions on how this is going to look, which is very hard because there are many spouses that I know that are not, they don't feel like they're fully on board with their husbands or their wives' real estate career. So you've got one hard charger who's super successful, super devoted to making things work. You know, success is my duty, as Grant would say. Um, and then you've got the other spouse that, you know, maybe is more focused on the family and the kids and the now, um, you know, there's a lot of conflict and, you know, sometimes that conflict can't be resolved by the couple in their home, but largely it can be the earlier that you talk about this stuff and get it planned out, the better it's going to be. You just have to make the choice. So if that conflict exists on on some level, you have to choose what's more important to you, money or family. Right. It's pretty straightforward. And, and, you know, if, if success is your duty in the monetary sense, then yeah, then, then get divorced and sell as many houses as you want. You know, work will fill time allowed and you'll never see your kids. But if success in the family is important to you, then you need to focus on those aspects of your life versus the work. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Okay, cool. So, so let, I just want to pretend that you're in your office, you specialize in real estate agents. The only clients that you have are real estate agents. You have a list of clients that are real estate agents that are coming into your office today. One of them, you know, is having marital issues and you just resolve that with the workaholicness. Um, What is the next one coming in? What is most typical psychological issues for real estate agents? So one of the things I see, um, especially in the beginning real estate agent, is that they, you know, you're in the position where you kind of have to do everything and none of us... Is, has been created to be equally as good at every single job, every single aspect of the job. So if you think about the detail-orientedness that needs to come with paper management, you know, paperwork management and transaction management, and then you think of maybe the extroversion that needs to come with being uh, really good at um, sales and being social and, and engaging with your clients, you know, there's a broad range of uh, kind of personality factors um, that can that need to go into you know from the start to the finish a successful real estate career trans transactions that lead into career so one of the things that i see a lot is that people really getting stuck in the areas that they're not naturally good at so you know if you are the Give me an example yeah yeah so if you're an extrovert and you are, you know, very much a people person, and you like to shoot the breeze and can have a conversation with almost anyone, um, you may not be very good at sitting at a desk, having to shuffle paper, making sure all the little check boxes of everything is done in order to, to close on time and to have all the document in, in order. Those are maybe very, you know, opposing aspects for you. And so, so then... What, what do you do with that? You know, there's, there's a conflict there. How, how do you manage something that you really suck at? Or at least a piece of it that you really suck at. Um, and so there's different ways of approaching that. And of course, it also going back to where you are in your career and, and what, um, how successful you have been up to this point. Um, but really, it's about delegating and trying to get other people, you know, if you've got a team, that, that's the, the most ideal situation. And it's, then it's learning how to delegate effectively. 
um, the things that you're not good at. Right, right. So just just realizing it. And I think it's typical that a real estate agent is like you're saying. They're more of a social being. They're good at socializing. They're good at selling. They're good at persuading. But they're terrible at um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And, and therein lies the reason right. why most real estate agents eventually, if they're successful, hire a, you know, on a DISC scale, hire an SC to to keep track of all their stuff and make sure that, you know, none of all their initials and signatures and everything are on the contracts and everything's neat and tidy. So, so you basically, you send that guy to the office and you tell him, you know, go hire somebody. The next guy comes into the office. What's his problem? So another thing I see is that they get so wrapped up in their work that they forget about taking care of themselves. So we mm. talked kind of first about taking care of your family and, and those people around yes, you. Indeed. Even, yeah, you really can't even take care of your family if you're not taking care of yourself. So I see the people that are eating horribly, that are not, you know, simple things, they're not drinking enough water, they don't have a consistency in their sleep, um, they're up, you know, maybe they're having one too many drinks. Um, I, I mean, it could be a, a, any number of things. All of those things, probably. Yeah, they're just not taking care of themselves. So they're not, they're never going to be able to hit their full potential and their maximum speed unless they're attending to their physical wellness, their spiritual wellness, their um, emotional wellness. I mean, the whole package. And, you know, and all all that's about time too. You know, at the end of the day, the same thing with the marriage and the family time. It's really about time. It's putting what's most important in first, i.e. putting your personal trainer in first. And if you're so busy that you can't work out, then you certainly have enough money to pay for a trainer, right? <laughs> um, so, or at least pay for a yoga class, you know, or spin class or something. So you put that in first, you put your family time in first, then you fill in, right? The, the rest of the schedule with dollar productive activities or work, things that are going to make you money. And I guess right. that's the answer to that question, right? Well, and it does boil down to, you know, what are your values, you know, I think on one hand, you've got your personal values. On the other hand, you've just got literal health. And so, you know, some people aren't going to really value family that much. They may not have a spouse. They may not have kids. And so, uh, but, but maybe a certain friend or, or maybe, you know, there's just other things in their life that um, really are, you know, of, of utmost importance to them. Maybe it's giving back to the community in some way. Um, so, so it's really identifying your values and making sure your values and the things that are going to allow you to actually live out your values are being protected, kind of as you described, and putting them in first, scheduling them first, making sure that they're not overlooked or they're not forgotten. They might sometimes get kicked out of the way, but let's not make it that every day. So, so here's the question. I think if you were at a real estate convention, right? Let's say you're at your company convention, whatever company that is. And somebody asks you to rank your values, right? And it's family, health, money. Pretty much everyone's going to say money's going to be last, right? No matter what's one and two. But 90% of them are, are going to be, are, are not going to actualize what they chose as one and two, right? They're only going to actualize the third one, money. And so why is that? Why are most agents false prophets, when it comes to saying they value family or they value health? 
so saying that you value family or health is a very nebulous and ambiguous uh, value, really. I mean, what does family mean? So what I would encourage everybody listening to this to do is Google the term value card sort. Wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me value card sort. Yes. S-O-R-T. Okay. Yeah, so what that's going to do is it's going to bring up a number of websites that basically have a list, a very robust list of values. And I'm talking like 75 values. You can print them off. Um, this is what I do with clients a lot. I print them off and I cut them into little strips or into little cards. And I put a, you know, so it's like a stack of playing cards in front of you of 75 different values. And so, and then it kind of gives a description on the back. And so it really gives you an opportunity to fine tune what's important for you. And so when people say, well, if my family is most important, maybe they feel more strongly that they, the provision and the, the comfort of their family is most important. Well, if, if the, you know, providing for your family, making sure they're comfortable um, I know a lot of a lot of parents, you know, they kind of have that perspective, well, I want my kids to be better off than I was. Well, they're talking about they want their kids to be comfortable. Yeah. And that's not one of my values. But <laughs> um, so if they want their kids to be comfortable, they're going to spend their energy on the money because that's going to bring the comfort. So I would argue the money in and of itself is not actually the value. It's what the money provides that's really the value. Yeah. And some would say that it's not even that, that that's that, that meaning that if they're saying, Hey, I want my kids to be comfortable. That's why I work so hard. They really work so hard probably because they're insecure about something else or they, and that drives them. Now, I guess that's not true providing they're doing it within a certain time frame that's acceptable to them or it's difficult. It's a difficult conversation, right? I mean, for when they're working smart, you can certainly use family to drive you. I think that some people say that, or a lot of people say that and right. And at the end of the day, it's really not. It's really that they're one of many different reasons as to why they are, are driven and it has, doesn't have to do with the family. But, but anyways, well, that's and, for, go ahead. And let me, let me insert, I, you know, what I hear you saying ultimately is that there's still more layers of the onion to peel back. And I, I would propose that at the very core of most people's behaviors is ultimately a fear. They're acting out of fear. And I think you're, you're very right. The idea that I want my child to be comfortable is probably born out of a fear and aversion from their own childhood of not being comfortable or fear that some horrible thing is going to happen if their children are not quote unquote comfortable. So I think, you know, humans do largely act out of a, a fear. And now a word about Rebus University. The future of real estate training from Las Vegas, Nevada, Trish Williams. How many listings are you taking every month now? Last month, I took nine listings. So you took more listings last month than you did all last year. Yes, I did. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You need to do the course. Even if you're already a listing agent, you need to... You need to do this. You need to see what all the all, all the big guys are doing, what they're what, what they're out there doing, what information is there. You never can know too much, and the the information is completely valuable. It's more more than I've you know I, I've seen anywhere in, in all the different training courses, and and I've, I've gone through quite a bit of different training courses. It's um, it's more valuable than um, than any of those that I've seen because it actually shows you 
the appointment and breaks it down, down to the call, down to the walk, down to the close. And it's not just one person and their their way of doing it. There's eight different people. You see all these variation and you can see what works for you. If you want the listing success that Trish Williams has had, just type in the coupon code CLA50 on rebusuniversity.com. That's R-E-B-U-S university.com for, get this, 50% off the Certified Listing Agent course. That's CLA50. You won't regret it. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's the same reason why you don't go see a shrink just one time, right? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, each time is a layer, right? And you just got to go deeper and deeper. And you and I aren't going to be able to solve the agents' listening uh, problems but today, but we may be able to have them have a better understanding of the first layer, right? right. And then they're going to go to a professional or get coaching or read 100 books or whatever to get to each layer, other layer that needs to be pulled out. Right. Um, and the deeper that you're willing to go in those layers, the more effective you're going to be in relationships with people. And that includes your own clients. Um, you know, one of the buzzwords that is in the leadership space, um, and I think even the sales space right now, is being vulnerable. The, you know, it's the V word. And so being vulnerable is, even with yourself, is allowing yourself to figure out what is, what is at the core of, my, of who I am and what's driving my behaviors and, and um, and then letting other people into that world a little bit. Absolutely. And, and I think that too many people think that vulnerability nowadays is, is still wrong. But if, if you look at the number one and number two talk show hosts, right? You look at Oprah Winfrey and she's like, hey, I'm vulnerable, right? I yo-yo with my weight. You know what I mean? I was raped when I was 12. You look at Ellen who's like, hey, I'm gay and I'm proud and I'm married and I'm, you know, whatever. And it's like massive vulnerability, right? Massive authenticity. And they're number one and number two most recognized talk show hosts in the world. You look at, you know, any of that stuff. I always have believed that uh, the more vulnerable you can be with their clients, the more they're going to like you. Now, what do you say to somebody that says, I'm a professional, you know, and I'm a private person and I struggle because I'm losing millennial clients because they feel I'm a false prophet and I am too private and inauthentic. What advice would you have to that real estate agent? Well, that, that's a really good and interesting question. Um, you know, what, just as kind of a preface, what I've noticed is that with, with the increasing social media, our perception of privacy, our perception of vulnerability um, has changed a lot. Um, a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm just going to tell the world you know, my boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever just broke up with me and I'm so sad. And, you know, like they actually, that's not really vulnerability. That's like, that is a false sense of um, kind of intimacy that you're sharing. And so, but kind of going back to, to the vulnerability and what is appropriate in the workplace or, you know, with clients, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to tell them every nitty gritty detail about your life. There's vulnerability about your life, but what about vulnerability in the moment with, mm. with that person? Mm. Can, you, can you have a conversation with them about, about your interactions with them and how you're experiencing those interactions? 
that is actually even more vulnerable than sharing that you've got a couple kids or that you've got a, you know, whatever is, is giving real feedback in the moment to the person that you're having that experience. So, so, so dig deeper on that being vulnerable in the moment. Is it, is it as simple as sh- learning to show more empathy? Is that what you're saying? Certainly we would hope that when people are being vulnerable, that empathy comes along with that because you can be angry and vulnerable. Uh, you know, that. <laughs> Wait a minute, you can be, <laughs> oh, can you be angry and vulnerable? Yeah, I guess you can be angry and vulnerable. Can you be? I mean, if you start crying afterwards and say, I'm sorry, I lost control, or I'm sorry, I had too much to drink, or I'm sorry, I had, you know, I'm sorry, um, my dad used to beat me. But can you, is that vulnerable when you're in the middle of a screaming match to, for uh, at a waitress? Is that vulnerability? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the way, the way the the situation you're describing, I would not, yeah, I would not. <laughs> that vulnerability. I'm thinking more of the interaction. So you know, you're um, you're showing the houses to somebody, a couple, a young couple who's not married yet. Um, maybe you're on the seventh house, and they're they just they're not committing. You've got the the boyfriend and the girlfriend are arguing about you know what's more important and the kind of house they're going to buy and you're getting frustrated you are getting frustrated because they're wasting your time they're they're not committing so so that is a moment of vulnerability now what are you going to do with it are you going to say look idiots you got to get your act together I'm really getting frustrated <laughs> that's not really showing much empathy although right no it's not yeah no but but what about you know saying you know I really you know, what, what you guys are describing is, seems like a really difficult situation. You have two different perspectives, you know, and then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here watching you guys and it's, I, you know, it's uncomfortable for me seeing, seeing how frustrated you guys are at each other and it doesn't feel like we're really making any progress. You know, help me figure out how can, how can we move past this impasse? That would be something that's vulnerable. You're sharing your feelings and perceptions in the moment with, with them uh, you know, and that may not be appropriate in every situation, but that would kind of just an example of kind of being being vulnerable. Yeah, I love I love that example because you're saying it, and and this should always be used, right? It should always be about you, not about them, because people right. get defensive. So right. if you point fingers, so it's like when you X, I feel Y, or I feel Y when you X. Um, so your indecisiveness, no, that's not good. So I am torn when I see the two of you so conflicted that it breaks my heart or it's, I, I don't know, how would you say it? I should just ask you, right? You're the expert. You, the way you were saying that, is, <laughs> I, you know, it breaks my heart to see you guys so conflicted. You know, I'm, I'm noticing what, t- what I tend to do is, I, you know, I have this little script in my brain that I tend to use in different situations. And, and I often say, well, I'm noticing this, you know, I, and, and it, it gives the opportunity for them to say, well, that's not really what's going on. Cause I'm, you know, even though I'm a psychologist, I can't say I've got the market. Oh, the- no, I love this, but I want to slow it down. Okay. I'm noticing this. Now, what, what comes after that? Is it an adjective? Is it an action, a verb they took? What, like, I'm noticing what? What are you noticing? Well, in that particular example, I'm noticing there's a lot of conflict between you guys. I'm noticing that you have very different perspectives on what you, you, know, what you think that you need or what you want in the next home for the two of you. Yeah, I'm noticing 
tension, right? I'm noticing frustration. And so I guess, you know, as I'm thinking about it, this pointing out this to people, um, it really has the effect of kind of shaking them a bit because I'm sure you've been in the situation, you and your wife or, you know, whoever, I mean, you guys are arguing. Well, when you're arguing, you start getting tunnel vision and you really aren't even noticing what's going on around you. You're just focused on the argument. So if somebody outside of the argument is saying, hey, I'm noticing that you guys are arguing, all of a sudden your tunnel vision is, you know, broadened back and you're like, whoa, that's right. I'm not she sees something. You know, that's, that's fascinating because let's say you're, you know, if I were to say to somebody, you're resentful, right? And, and, and immediately they're going to be like, most likely they're going to no, I'm not. You're resentful, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but, but if you say, I'm noticing resentment, then for whatever reason, I don't know why, my mind becomes like, instead of tunnel vision, like you said, it becomes like, oh, where is it? Let me look for it too. Is he right or is he wrong? That's interesting that you noticed that. It's just, it's just a, a simple change of a couple of words. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Completely change, can completely change how the other person responds. I think they, the, the, what you said about them not being as defensive or if you're saying, you know, you're resentful. Yeah, the other person's going to get defensive. You know, you're, you're pointing. But you're your, saying the same thing. Right? I'm noticing, because you're not saying, are you resentful? You're still saying, you're still saying you're not asking. Right. I think even if you asked, are you resentful? They're going to be no. Right. But if you say, I'm noticing resentment, then it's almost like, hmm, let me see if I notice it too. It's really <laughs> odd, but it's, it works. Right. Great. Well, any other things that uh, you think a, a real estate agent community can benefit from, uh, from a psychological perspective, from your expertise, knowing, seeing what your, what your husband goes through, seeing what his cohorts go through, uh, what would one last piece of advice be that you could give before we sign off, Sherry? Okay. So the last thing is, let me give you one more phrase. All right. <laughs> give us one more phrase. <laughs> What I hear you saying is fill in the blank. This is a really important phrase. It's one that I use um, in therapy all the time. Um, and so kind of like what we just talked, what you just talked about, about being less defensive, kind of just depending on how somebody presents the information to you, is when, when I say, well, Pat, what I hear you saying is what, it, what you're doing is, I, or what I'm doing is I'm taking ownership of my interpretation of what you just said. So I'm not blaming you. I'm really just putting out there my interpretation. Um, I'm, I'm, I am showing a little vulnerability that I could be wrong. I'm not saying, well, this is what you said. It's just, this is what I hear you saying. Um, and so then it provides you an opportunity to then come back, hopefully to come back to me and say, well, actually, Sherry, that's not really what I was intending to say, or that's really not what I meant. Or you might say, wow, that's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I meant. So it's a very pivotal phrase in good, open, flowing communication. I love that one too. And people have used that on me too. And, and I didn't even think about it until you just said that. But what I'm hearing you say is, and then they don't get mad, right? Because right. 
it might make them think that's how I sound. Right. You know, I didn't mean myself to sound like that. I'm just really busy right now. I meant it to sound like this or, you know, no, 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 no. That's not what, you know, my intention was. Because I think a lot of conflict happens when intents are questioned. And when you say, what I hear you saying is, it kind of focuses in on, on the intent of the statement or the intent of what the person just said and clarifying, is that the intention or not? Right? Am I making sense? You are making sense, Pat. There's different levels of communication. Um, what we're doing right now, um, you know, there are the, the words that we're saying, there's the tone of voice, there's the body language, there's the emotional content underneath that, there's intention underneath that. I mean, we can keep on going. So communication is very, very complex. And the more that you can reflect back to somebody, not just the literal words, but start incorporating all of that, those other things in it, you know, you might say, well, I'm mad. I, I'm really mad. Well, what I hear you saying is that you're incredibly hurt by what happened. You're not, you know, you're not just mad, you're hurt. And probably they're getting that hurt from the facial expressions, body language, and all these other things. So if you can not just pay attention to somebody's words, but really dig and, and reflect back some of those deeper things, you're going to be the master of communicating. I love that. And just that word hurt, right? It's so much better than mad or angry or peeved or upset, just hurt. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same definition. It's just, it's just such a smarter word to use. And more vulnerable. <laughs> and more vulnerable. There we go. Right. And more vulnerable. Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, this, this has been a blast. Where, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of your information on the show notes. And uh, Dr. Sherry's last name is Fluellen. And it's like uh, you have the flu and you're going to the Ellen show anyways because you paid $1,000 for the tickets. So that's it's right. like Fluellen. And, uh, and you're going to cough on everybody. Uh, but um, so let me think how to do this. I'm going to just do Dr. Flu. It's going to, I'm just trying to uh, shorten this. So I'm going to put hybendigital.com, Dr. Flu, and it's D-R-F-L-U. I don't want to make it too long. So hybendigital.com, D-R-F-L-U, and all of her contact information will be on there. All of everything, links to everything that we talked about today will be on there. And Dr. Flu Allen, what is the free gift? And you mentioned it before, but just kind of describe what it is that uh, you're bringing to our listeners today. So it's just a short ebook on um, exactly that last tip that I did. Um, you know, what I hear you saying is, so it's really... It's giving some simple to-dos um, for real estate agents um, in their communicating skills, whether it's with clients, whether it's with teammates, whether it's with you know, somebody else that they work with, with their executive assistant or whoever. Um, when you learn to communicate more clearly, um, life just works better. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with everybody. And guys, that will be on hybendigital.com backslash Dr. Flu and all of her contact information. If you'd like to reach out to her uh, and, and find out more about her uh, coaching company and uh, the services that she offers for real estate agents, uh, it will, we'll put a link on there. Again, this has been a blast. I'm going to also put this in the real estate agent success toolbox, guys. So you can go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. It will be in there amongst all the other treasures in the treasure chest 
that we supply by for free by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to four 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 nine nine nine. Sherry, this has been a blast. Thank you so so much for taking time out of your busy busy day, and uh, best of luck to you in all your future endeavors. Thank you, Pat. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.